Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. You know, um, I was thinking, you know, life is so much, the way we handle life is so much about interpretation. And uh, I've been building this shed out back and um, putting the siding and everything on. And so my wife, Anita's parents, they come by about a week ago to see how I was making out with it. So I'm working away there. And, and I said to them, I said, yeah, I said, uh, I haven't told Anita this yet, but this is going to be the man cave. And my wife, almost without missing a beat, she, she was standing there. And she said, well, yeah, she says, I haven't told Peter this yet, but it's going to be the doghouse. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's a little bit about what our story is about this morning. It's about uh, how we interpret things, how we look at things, right? And so, uh, as you know, Pastor Travis has been teaching us the last couple of weeks about, about faith and, and the different storms that we face. And some storms attack our faith, and some storms are meant to build our faith. And uh, so, Brian, he's just going to uh, cue us up a picture there. And uh, we know about Jesus and Peter, and Peter went out walking on the water. Here's Peter walking on the water. What do you think of that? I just wanted to show this to you guys because I want you to know it can be done. It can be done. So uh, this, is, um, this is actually me, and this is not, I'm telling you the total truth here, this is not a Photoshop. It's not a Photoshop. But I will tell you, the, I will tell you my little truck here behind it. Is, um, I, was in, I was out on a trip uh, with a youth group. This is probably going back, uh, I don't know, 25 or more years ago. And uh, we were out on a camping trip, and I was with a couple guys in a canoe, and we're canoeing along, and I see this huge rock under the water. It's just that far under the surface of the water. And right away, I thought, oh, that's going to make a good picture. So I said, guys, we got to go back to the campsite, grab my camera. So they grabbed my camera, and, uh, and they let me off at the rock, and then they rode away from me about... Uh, 30 feet or so, and then I stood on the rock like this, you know, making it look like I was walking. So, pretty good, eh? But anyways, amen, standing on the rock, that's right, that's good. But anyways, you know, um, so in Matthew chapter 14, uh, Brian's going to bring us to that, but uh, I just want us to read this story again about, uh, about Jesus walking on the water, and um, thank God he wasn't just walking on rocks, but he was really doing it. And, and it's important that he was really doing it because he's, he's really showing us something in life. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got back into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And, you know, when you look at this story, there's, as I say, there's so many different ways we can all look at it and interpret it, right? And we know that, you know, 
Peter got on the boat and he started walking on water. And then he started to sink. And Peter, or Jesus ends up reaching out and grabbing him. And I want you to know, whenever you fail in life, you know, Jesus is always there to grab you. You know, when your faith isn't enough, his faith is enough. When your word isn't enough, his word is always enough. But anyways, Jesus reaches out, takes hold of Peter and grabs him, and he says to him, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, I don't know about you, but you, we could all stop and look at that and say, wow, really? You know, you could say, if you were Peter, you could say, really? Like, Jesus, you're giving me a hard time? What about all these 11 guys that are still sitting in the boat? Like, why are, you, why are you giving me a hard time? Why are you, you know, pointing me out? Well, I want you to know this morning that God always works with you where you're at. So he was speaking to Peter because Peter had taken that step. He got out of the boat, and he started walking on water. Yes, he sank, but he got that far. And so Jesus was speaking into his life. So never feel when you're going through stuff in life that you're not measuring up. Sure, we all, we all fall short, but never, never interpret it. You know, when you're in relationship with God, never interpret it in a condemning matter because God's always working with you. He's always trying to get you from where you are to the place where he wants you to be. And that distance from where you are to where he wants you to be, it always involves the next step. Okay? It's not the whole mountain that's in front of you. It's just the next step. And the next step for Peter, you know, Jesus is addressing that. And so it's important for us to realize that. And so God has steps for us building it. And, and I think in this, in this story um, that we're looking at, there's a couple things I want us to realize. And the first step to your faith is you have to get a word from God. So, you know, Peter said to Jesus, he said, you know, Lord, if that's you, then command me to come to you on the water. Because Peter understood that if I can just have a word from God, if I can know it's his will, then I know I can do it. I know that I can step out and be successful. And so he was just looking for that word. So, so really, you know, Peter, more so than just see him have, as walking on the water, he's actually walking on God's word. And that's the same as what he's calling you and me to. Right? It's just learning to get that word. And getting a word from God involves an encounter with him. It involves an encounter with him. It involves uh, experiencing that relationship, understanding that love, understanding that he cares about you and that he'll take you from where you are. And, you know, when I, when I came to the Lord, you know, I was 19. and I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, and so... And, but it wasn't my practice personally to really read the scripture. And I, I knew all the Bible stories, and, and I thank God for the heritage that I had. But I came to a place in my life when I was 19, heading off to college, and I just decided I was going to read uh, a chapter out of the Bible every night before I went to bed. And I don't know why I did that. Maybe I was just searching for my roots. But when I started to do that, the Lord just began to, to speak to me, you know, about as I was reading the scripture, like it just began to come alive to me and God began to just give me his word and it just began to grip me and began to take a hold of me and the, and the conviction. And I began to see Jesus, you know, for who he was for the first time in my life, really. And, 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 and in seeing Jesus, I saw myself, 
I saw him for the incredible person he was and, and his ability and, and, and his love for people. And it was then that I realized, man, if this is what it means to be a believer, this is what it means to walk as a Christian, I know I'm not a Christian. And, and so it was when I was 19, you know, I, I repented. <laughs> I repented. I, I grew up learning about God's love, but I didn't know, hey, I have to repent. I have to really get in in this relationship and start walking it. And so the first step is we have to get a word from God. You know, if you ever read the book of Hosea, and Hosea was a, was a man whom God used his life to speak a story to the whole nation of Israel. And if you're familiar with that story at all, um, Hosea, God commanded Hosea to go out and to get a wife who ended up being adulterous. She ended up being a harlot, and she went off with other men. But Hosea had had children through her. And, and, then, Ho, and then after a period of time, um, God began to speak to Hosea and says, I want you to go uh, back. I want you to pursue her. I want you to woo her. I want you to bring her back. And through all of that, uh, God was speaking that him, he likewise, in spite of everything that the Israelites had done, he was calling them back. He was wooing them back. So when you start into the book of Hosea, in the second verse, the first chapter, it says, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, there's the word. If God's going to speak through you, then he has to speak to you. And you, you have to encounter that. You have to have that relationship. And, you know, God is always at work to make the messenger the message. Let me say that again. God is always at work to make the messenger the message. I mean, and how much does Hosea's life typify that, right? I mean, he, the whole thing that he did in his life was typifying. I mean, he, as a man... You know, he was in love with a woman. He had a relationship with a woman, and that, that relationship got torn. That relationship got broken. So you can imagine everything that he went through personally himself, um, just feeling that torn and then, and then learning that he had to forgive and learning how to go again and pursue. You know, so the very thing that God, through that, was wanting the whole nation to know and that he wants you and I to know, right, it's how much he loves us. Well, Hosea was learning that personally in his own life. And so he was at work. God was at work to make the messenger the message. Same with you. God is at work in you so that the message he's seeking to speak through you, you are living that message. You are walking in that message. And we have to have a word. We have to have an encounter with God for that to begin. The second part is then you have to begin to apply it. Once God gives you a word, once God gives you some revelation about something, you have to apply it and you have to exercise it. And I know it all sounds very simple, but sometimes it's the simple things we get going along in life and, and we miss it, right? We get, we get caught up and, and we try to make life so complicated. But everything that God speaks is, is always spoken in context, right? And so even when when Jesus is speaking to Peter and saying to him, yes, come, come to me on the water. It's like it was spoken then, and he had to act on it then. So, you know, we, you know Peter couldn't say, well, okay, yeah, that, that's a good word, Jesus, but uh, let's, I'll wait another day until the water's a little calmer, you know, and, and, and put it off. No, you know, it's, it's spoken then. It's spoken now, and God wants 
wanted Peter to act on it then. And the same with you. Like, when Jesus speaks it, when you hear that word, God wants uh, you to begin to act on it. And as I say, context is so huge. So I love more and more as, I, as I'm reading a word and this particular word that we're reading and looking at this morning, Jesus walking on the water, is the context of it. And if we go to Mark chapter uh, 6 and verse 52, and when the disciples and Jesus were still back on the land, before they got out here on the water, there was the feeding of the 5,000 that had happened. And, and then Jesus dismissed them, and he, all the multitudes and the disciples got in the boat, and they went out onto the water. And, and then this whole experience happens where Peter gets out of the boat, and he walks in the water, and he starts to sink. Jesus gets in the boat with him, and it says they all marvel. They all marvel, and they're amazed at, at him. And then they say in verse 52 here, it says, Scripture says, for they had not understood the lows because their heart was hard. Isn't that amazing? This here experience that the disciples are having about walking on water um, is tied back to the loaves, is tied back to this whole thing about, about the loaves and the situation. And one thing we learn here is that, yeah, you're not going to walk by faith if, if, you're, if your heart stays hard and, and you're not able to receive that word and if you're not willing to apply it. Um, so they hadn't understood. And so what, what, what is it they were understood? I mean, there's all kinds of principles you could pull out of it. But going on to uh, John chapter 6 and verse 9 there, when they're back on land, Jesus says, hey, I'm, I have compassion on the multitude, and I, I want to feed them. And so he challenged the disciples, you know, we, what are we going to feed them? And they, so they say to him here in verse 9, you know, there's a lad here who's five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? You know, what, what are they among so many? One of the things that God wants you and me, as he did with his disciples then, to understand is that God just wants you to offer what you have. So wherever you're at in your faith right now, God just wants you to take that and just use it. It's, it's not about having it all figured out. It's not about having it all, but it's just taking it from the place that you're at, what you understand now, and applying it. And, you know, that's simply what David was doing when he was going to stand up, when he was willing to go against Goliath. All he knew was a slingshot and a stone. That's, that's what he knew. That's what he worked with. And that's what he put his faith in God in. You know, he, he just took that. They tried to put Saul's armor, if you know the story, right? The, the King Saul at the time tried to put his armor on, on David, and he walks around. It was all clumsy and everything. And David said, I'm not used to this. And so he throws it off, and he just goes up against Goliath with a stone and a sling. You know, it's the same for you and me right now. You just have to take what you know right now. And wherever God has you and whatever he's asking you to move forward in, and just, just take that, which you know, and just apply it and just start in it. You know, if you're maybe, you're, maybe you're here this morning or maybe you're following us online this morning. Maybe you're watching this and, and you're not even a believer. You know, maybe you say, I don't, I don't even believe there's a God. Well, I'm going to say this in, in this particular principle, just starting with you have, just look around you. At nature, <laughs> you know, just look around you at nature. Just, just see the world. See, see 
the creation and the trees and the sun rising every morning. And it's just like you, you, you know that there's a creator. You know there's intelligence there. You know there's design. You just, you just can't look at that because you don't look. I could challenge anybody, and, and I was in a situation with somebody once um, who was visiting us at our farm, but you don't look at anything else in life that way and say it just happened. You know, just these random events just happened with such beauty and such design. Like, you don't, you know, if I, if I ask you about the shirt you're wearing or the watch you're wearing or the shoes you have on, like, you don't tell me that all of a sudden those things just happened, right? They have design, and somebody, somebody designed them, and, and somebody engineered it and put it all together. And, and so I just challenge you this morning that if you're questioning if God's even real, if he's even there, just start with that. You know, you know that he's there and, and he's just inviting you now to know that he has revealed himself in Jesus Christ. So we get the word, we apply the word, and then thirdly, there's this place we have to learn um, to get endurance in our faith. So we step out in faith, but we have to learn to get endurance. You know, endurance it takes time and it takes repetition when you're learning to endure in something. And, and I'm finding that, you know, more and more I'm constantly learning that, that receiving and, and, and growing in that endurance, that you don't have to beat yourself up in saying, you know, I didn't have any faith. No, sometimes you have faith. You just, God is wanting to put endurance into your faith. You know, Peter here, when he got out of the boat and started walking on water, we all know that for a period of time, he started walking on water. So he had faith. And Jesus said to him, you know, why did you doubt? He said, why did you doubt? So, so Peter had a mind shift. And the, so the thing is, is, is Peter had a focus, but then he got his focus off. And then he got his, he started focusing on everything that was going on around him, the waves and the wind and everything. And, and he lost it. And so when Jesus is saying to him, you know, Peter, why did you doubt? You know, he's, he's, he's challenging him about, about his, his focus and his learning to get endurance into his faith. And, you know, when we're reading, when we're reading this, uh, I think it's so important when you're reading something in God's word to kind of be self-aware, if I can put it that way. And look, how are, how are you looking at that? How are you interpreting that? Because we all come from a particular place, right? And so somebody could read, you know, when Jesus says to Peter, um, you know, about, you know, why did you doubt? You know, and saying, you have little faith. You know, they could, you know, they could, they could hear it this way. They could hear the, 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 the voice, uh, Jesus' tone of voice and his intention is, you know, Peter, why did you doubt Oh, you of little faith. You know, or there could be somebody else that they could interpret it like this and say, Oh, Peter, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? I've been training you for a whole year, and this is the best you could do. Oh, you know, because people come from this place of brokenness, Right? And, 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 it's, and that's okay. I've been in that place. We, we've all been in that place. 
but it's not about getting stuck in a place, and it's not about seeing the interpretation from that place alone. But it's important that, that we see that, you know, Jesus is saying here, he's saying, you know, Peter, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Like, hear, hear the drawing. Hear the drawing in Jesus' tone of voice. Hear the drawing in his intention as opposed to the pushing away. And, and that is, is so huge. So when you're talking, and I've learned this, like when somebody's talking to me about maybe about a situation uh, that they're talking about or maybe they're talking about another person, the statements that they make about that person are, are as much a statement about themselves as it is in a statement about the other person or the situation they're facing. You know, you hear sometimes you peep, pe- people will say, um, you know, well, I just don't want to do that because it just, it just doesn't fit me, right? And sometimes, oftentimes, that is actually a statement more about yourself maybe than the situation that's before you or the challenge that's before you. And so, so God wants us, he wants to work endurance into our faith. And uh, in James chapter 1 and verse 2, verse 2 to 8, we're just going to read that through because it so applies and it's just, it's amazing how many points here when James is writing to uh, the brethren here, how much it ties into this particular story. And he said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, what happened to Peter here was, basically what happened to Peter was he got double-minded, right? Because he started in faith, and then he started to doubt, and his doubt shifted him into this place of being double-minded. Instead of walking on that word that Jesus gave him, now he's doubting that word, and so he becomes double-minded. We've all been there, right? I mean, I remember a time uh, a few years ago, uh, before Nita and I actually even got married, and I was out searching, looking for another vehicle. And so I, f- I found this really nice-looking little Honda Accord. had a nice spoiler on the back. And, and so I'm weighing out, you know, should I buy this one? Or there's this other one at the other car lot. So I really felt, yeah, you know, I had a piece about it. So I went and I purchased that vehicle. And with, but within that week, I started questioning, oh, should, I, should I have bought that? Like, am I, am I, am I putting material possessions you know, before God, and so then I got into this whole mind battle, and like literally for the next two weeks, it was just torment, like it was torment, like every day, all day long, I just was really tormented with this, and and I thought, you know, should I just take it back, because then if I just take it back, well, that'll prove that, you know, I'm not caught up on material possessions. Anyways, I didn't take it back, and there's been other things I've taken back, but I didn't take the car back, And, uh, and then after two weeks, I finally just got my peace back. And one thing I learned from that experience was the Lord said to me, Peter, when I give you peace, when I give you a word about something, you can stand on it. I'm not going to change my mind, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to shift on you. 
And, and it was just a huge learning experience for me, you know. And so we have to learn to build. Sometimes it's not about that you lost your, well, yeah, we can give our faith up. But sometimes it's not so much about whether you had faith or not. But, you know, you can give yourself credit. We can give Peter credit. He had faith. It's just he had to learn to build endurance in that. He had to learn to build perseverance uh, into that. And sometimes, too, you know, we, we, can, we can not want to do the wrestle, right? It, there's a sense in which it would have been easier for me in my car experience to just take it back and just, okay, you know, I, I don't want this wrestle. I don't, I don't want to have to deal with this and just take the car back, and then I won't experience all this torment. But that's not always the answer. In fact, most of the time, it's not the answer. It's the wrestle that brings you into an increased faith. It's the wrestle that brings endurance and brings perseverance into your faith uh, so that you can become stronger in it. So don't, don't be quick to give up. You know, we find here in, uh, in James tap, chapter 2, it talks about perseverance. Let perseverance uh, have its perfect work. You know, work, work is, a, is about exerting a force. And I'm going to show you a video clip here in a little bit. Um, about it's going to show some forces too, but you know Peter had forces working on him when he's out there on the water, and it's the same with us. There's forces that will come uh, against your faith, and you have to exert force back against that force that's trying to act on you in order to continue in it. And part of that force that you need to add to your faith is the endurance in it, just persevering in it, just staying in it, and holding on to your faith. Verse 5 there in James 2 talks about, um, you know, that God is liberal. If you come to him, you know, he's liberal, he's generous, and he's going to give to you without reproach. He's not going to be condescending. You know, he's not going to say to you, oh, you know, you have little faith, why did you doubt? But no, it's you have little faith, why did you doubt? You know, you can trust me. You can trust the word that I give to you. And it said, and then finally here in James uh, it says that, you know, he who doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed and driven by the wind, right? Kind of like what Peter was going through in his storm. You know, he sees that going on. He starts to doubt. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. If you're going to doubt, then learn to doubt your doubts and stay in faith. Amen? If you're going to doubt, learn to doubt your doubts and stay in faith. So, anyways, I just want to show you a quick video here as we finish off. Um, it's about a guy who, who sets a world record uh, directly walking on a tightrope uh, over Niagara Falls. But there's just some elements in this video. It's about six minutes long. And I just want you to see it's, it's very similar. But I just want to say ahead of time, because uh, you don't learn this in the video, but this gentleman, uh, Nick Walenda, who I understand is actually a believer too, but that when he was training to do this, um, he had these high these huge big fans and stuff like like blowing on him and he had firemen with fire hoses like spraying water all over him to train him for what he was going to uh, be going through, what he was going to be enduring to make this tightrope walk across Niagara Falls. And so, uh, and it's amazing how he talks about, you know, his struggle and keeping his focus. Even a guy who's trained and poured all this in, you know, just keeping his focus and not getting caught up on the movement um, around him. 
and also he just he speaks in here about the endurance. So uh, just just an encouragement. I just want to uh, just watch this, and then we'll close off. Well, Father, we just thank you this morning that you are here, uh, Lord God, to enable us, God, to just endure in our faith, to just keep our focus on you. And for those, God, that are just watching us online this morning, Lord, we just we just thank you, God. You are there for them. I just want them to know that you are there, God, right beside them, even for those who maybe aren't believing right now, who just don't have that faith and that close relationship with Jesus. I just want you to know this morning, and God wants you to know that he loves you, and he's there. He's calling you. He's drawing you, and he wants you to doubt your doubts and believe in him this morning. So, Father, I just pray, God, that you just touch your people this morning, impact them. Thank you that you're a God who imparts, who gives impartation, but that you also give activation. And so, Lord, just help us as your people to be imparted with your word and to learn to activate it and step out and just stay on course. God, just keep our eyes upon you. Father, we just give you thanks because you're so good and you're so loving and you're so faithful. And we just love you this morning. God, just bless your people as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you and uh, have an awesome week. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.